hello, hello. Welcome to Power Hour with Athena and Renata. No. <laughs> hey, Renata. <laughs> hey, Athena. How are you? I am trying my best. I really am. I'm trying my best. I'm trying my best. I'm trying my, trying my best. I'm losing my mind. I'm losing my mind. But I'm trying to find it somewhere. Anyway. How was your weekend, Lana? Um, it was. <laughs> I'm in a very emotional place right now. So it's my 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 last two weeks have been challenging, but not horrible. Yeah, I can I can concur, one hundred and ten percent. Because I think I think you know what's so odd. Even though we're not together all the time, like our emotions kind of marry each other, and that's just I mean I guess you know you you there, but you can kind of you know that's how that happens, but. I think because we do spend, we usually spend a lot of time with each other. Our our emotional, uh, I don't even know the right word for it, but our emotional ties are they get kind of intertwined sometimes. And I'd be like, well, dang, because when you say you're feeling a certain way, I'm usually feeling that same way. Like I had a very emotional weekend or emotion-filled week, and. Um, I know I'm not dealing with my emotions well. I'm going to say that. Because I, I already know. Because, like, for me right now, I'm just like, I just got that uh, be pleased attitude. And I know I'm going through my stages of grief in that manner where I'm angry. I'm in the anger stage of grief right now. Um, mm-hmm. And I am definitely more attitudinal. And I am, I'm proud of myself for recognizing that I'm in stages of grief at the moment um, for loss of whatever. Um, so I, I definitely can accredit that to you, <laughs> my therapist friend, that <laughs> you have taught me to recognize my BS. So I can say, but you know what, I guess since we're talking about relationships today, uh, relationships in general, relationships don't have to be about, you know, male, female, female, female. Uh, actually, in a sexual way, it could just be relationships in general. So, um, I guess, I mean, if you want to dive into the show, we can dive into the show. But, I mean, I guess, is that something that is legit? Like, is that a legit thing that your friends will mimic your emotions, even if you don't even talk about it? Because, like, by the time we talk about it, I've already been in the midst of my emotional moment. And my emotional moment in my stages of grief and my stages of uh, of whatever I'm going through, pretty much kind of mimic yours. Oh, I mean, short answer, I don't know. It's probably not impossible, but I think in both of our situations, we're going through similar things right now. We're just experiencing, we have a shared grief. And then we have other stuff going on in our families um, and with friends that I think kind of are contributing to it. Um, but I don't, I don't know. It's a short answer. Um, I mean, because, you know, like, you know, we're, I, I've heard, you know, you hear all the time about soul ties. With soul ties, yeah. it looks, oh, my gosh, they're legit. 
So you and I have never in our lifetime shared nothing. I don't even think we hugged legit. <laughs> we have hugged. Well, okay, so so that's just like what was it? David and Jonathan? Was it those two? In the Bible? Oh. That they weren't they weren't romantic partners as much as what you say? I thought you said my property brothers. I'm like, wait, what? Sorry. No. <laughs> no, silly. <laughs> no. no, in the Bible, was it David and Jonathan that had a soul tie? And it wasn't soul ties. I don't think soul ties don't always have to be with romantic partners. You can have soul ties with others. Um, and so one example of that, I believe it's David and Jonathan um, in the Bible. Well, they were just super close. Yeah, it was David and Jonathan because Jonathan was Saul's son. Um, they were just super close, and it wasn't like I said, it wasn't a romantic any romantic connections. It was just they were really good friends and just very connected. And um, you and I have been friends for uh, over twenty one, what twenty two years for a long time. We're not me. I don't know. I just, was it your sophomore year, my junior? Because if that's the case, it was uh, 23. Because I think it was, I think it was my sophomore. I don't think I met you my freshman year. And I feel like I knew you for a while. <laughs> so. I said it personality. I just grow on people. Okay. I'll just say Okay. <laughs> like a fungus. I grow on people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think we've had a very interesting relationship just because even though we've known each other for so long, I wouldn't say in high school, we were close, but it wasn't like we hung out together all the time. Um, and honestly, I don't even remember how you and I got so close, to be honest with you. And I just know when I went to college, whenever I would come home, we always would go to Expo together. Because um, I feel like for a while, you and I probably only talk like a few times a year. And then when I moved back, I don't even know when we started getting super close. <laughs> I, I, you know what? But, you know, I think that's how I am with everybody because, like, my best friend in the whole wide world is Torian. And we probably talk once a year, if once a year. We would text each other and text on each other every once in a while. But actually talking to each other, oh, that probably happens once a year. And then on top of that, you got seeing each other. Since 2018, I, before 2018, I hadn't seen Tori in probably six, seven years before that. But it's like as soon as we get around each other, we pick up where we left off. It's like we've been seeing each other every weekend. We literally just mesh. We go. We went to the store and got wine, and we picking out wines that's the same. It was like, it's like we just, you know, like we like kindred spirits. We like, even though we don't talk to each other often, when we do talk to each other, it's like we just pick up where we left off. We no time lost. We ain't got to figure out what to talk about because we literally talk to each other like we ain't, you know, we ain't missing it. So this was me how I how I do with people and it's not on purpose because I don't want nobody to feel like I don't want to talk to people on purpose. I just sometimes it just don't happen that way 
and you just life gets away from you, and then things just kind of go that way. Mm-hmm. Well, I got closer around my divorce. Closer. Um, that we would I'm sorry, your phone was breaking up. Wait, say that last part again. We would always invite each other to events, but I think we probably started getting closer in our late 20s, early 30s. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I feel like that. Right. And, and, you know, we, we own the business What'd you say? Yeah, I keep in mind, in my 20s, I had a baby. I had a whole, a whole, okay. um, entire child. You, and I had a whole husband. <laughs> so, I mean, we had stuff. But I think that's when we started getting closer. And I think you and I have spent a lot of time together in the last few years. Um, like you're, you are always in my top ten as far as people that I talk to the most. Um, and there have been times where you and I have literally talked every single day. <laughs> so that's probably why we're very connected because we've invested a lot of time into each other. Yeah, yeah. And no, we don't always agree. And no, we don't always get along. And we do get on each other's nerves. But I think we just kind of work through it. So I guess my first question to you would be, or in general, would be with relationships, what do you think is the thing that um, helps make relationships stronger? I would say for me the biggest thing that makes uh, relationships stronger for me is the fact that I have learned that everybody is human in that I am not perfect and I should not expect anybody else to be. Because I used to have this weird idea that people had to be perfectly matched to mesh in order to agree in order to be friends. And that is the furthest thing from the truth. The opposite of track thing is legit because it's like when you have people who are the opposite, they usually complement each other. Not to say that you won't get on each other's nerves, but, you know, complimenting thing, that complimenting factor is something that is necessary because where I'm weak in certain areas, you know, you pick up and vice versa. So it's kind of like that's why we work well. Um, together, and then also being, um, and not having unrealistic expectations. I know you talked about this before in a couple of your workshops, but it's legit. You can't have unrealistic expectations for people because people are still human beings. Everybody's background still comes from where it came from. Nobody's going to ever be perfect. Nobody's ever going to be um, what we want or what we need 100% of the time. Because we're not who we want or who we need 100% of the time. We are probably for ourselves 35% of what we give out to other people. Or, you know, I mean, I don't think I'm saying it wrong, but we're like, we're not even as much as we want from other people for, for others. You know, we, we, we slack, we lack, you know. It, it's not, 
we're, I know I had to stop doing that because I because that is even in, even in relationship relationships I had to stop um, I had to stop thinking that I that I deserved more that I needed more that there was something more that I could get from someone else and um, being realistic about my expectations I'm gonna let you talk but hold on yeah go ahead. Um, I guess I would say, I would say something similar. I mean, I think part of being in a healthy relationship, whether it's romantic, non-romantic, familial, or what have you, I think a big part of that is communication. Um, you know, like you said, I, I am big, big advocate of having realistic expectations because it's easy to get... Um, it's easy to put on to other things that are not realistic or expectations that we ourselves can't even meet. Um, I'm just trying to be realistic about that. Um, but I think a big, big part of it is just communicating um, and recognizing that, like you said, we're human and we all have shortcomings and we all have things in our lives that make us imperfect. It's just the nature of being human makes us imperfect. But with all these imperfections, still being able to say, I can still care about you and have a meaningful relationship with you regardless of of the fact that you are human and you may make mistakes. And so um, I feel like we should go ahead and take a break on that note and then kind of pick up this conversation on just relationships in general.
about the quarter. I ain't here to play around. Ladies, if you're here with somebody and you know you want their body, gone, let me get see you It's about to go down. Yo, what you saying? Come and show me now. Fellas, if you with somebody and you know you want that body, then let me hear it. Good love, no question. Reach out and you touch me. I have it, don't trust me. Just don't waste my time. Love, no question. Reach out and you touch me. Bad habits, don't touch me. Just don't waste my time. Talking about relationships, talking about how um, having unrealistic expectations can basically set you up for failure. And uh, <laughs> even though my daughter won't say it, because she's actually with me right now, and I think I see my daughter doing this sometimes. She has unrealistic expectations of uh, family members, and I've tried to tell her a couple times. Um, You can't, um, you can't make certain people do certain things, nor can you make people fit into your idea of what they should be. And I think from uh, my daughter, when it comes to, because anyone who's ever listened to the show, they know that I don't have a good relationship with my mother. Well, that has also trickled down to my daughter. She does not have a good relationship with my mother either. And so... Um, It, it, it turned into, I think she feels that my mother should be more than what she is sometimes. But, um, but and it frustrates her. But she gets angry. She gets automatically angry. She gets automatically defensive. She gets automatically upset whenever my mother says, does, or she pokes there. And I keep trying to tell Michaela to stop for a minute because, You're trying to make somebody who doesn't have a rational bone in their body have a rational existence in your life when it does, I mean, she does not have any rational being in her system, I don't think. Um, I, I really think that my mother is one of those people who likes to poke people, and because she knows she can, she does it. And so Michaela is one of them soft buttons. And she knows she can poke Michaela because she's she's in her eyes a child, and so she has a real she has an unrealistic expectation of Michaela's reaction. But in reality, Michaela's a grown woman. <laughs> you know, yes, I've taught her to respect her elders, but when it comes to this particular person, that relationship or the lack thereof has pushed my child to be more. Um, it forces her to become outside of her character. And that relationship, I've told her several times that you just have to, um, you just have to take certain relationships and sometimes you just know you can't have them. You literally legit can't have a relationship with certain people. And you have to be okay with it. You have to be okay with the fact that you won't have that kind of a grandmother, granddaughter relationship with her. 
you know, same thing with me. I've had to come to that realization. I will never have a mother-daughter bond that I love. I would have loved to have that mother-daughter bond with my mother because that's something I see a lot of people have. But that relationship is a relationship I've had to choose to let go of because it's not for me. It's not meant for me, and it's not healthy for me. So as a therapist, when, you know, when do you think is wise for people? Like, what signs do people have to adhere to when finding out do they let certain relationships go? Because a lot of times I hear people say they've held on to a relationship too long, even if it's a friendship. They've held on to that friendship with this particular person too long, and then eventually by the time they figured out it was too long, it was almost too late because they either gotten hurt physically, mentally, uh, emotionally by this person to the point where they have now become jaded, they've now become heart, heartless, they've become cold-hearted. So as a therapist, do you have any advice for people like when to let go? Because letting go is sometimes the hardest thing to do, especially if you want so bad for something to be right. So I think um, <laughs> that's a complex question. Um, from the standpoint of we there are some, we <laughs> well, and it's complex in the sense of there are some people that you can't. It's it's very difficult to like completely put them out of your life for whatever reason. Um, and so you know, with those individuals, how do you navigate having boundaries with people that are very difficult to, to just dismiss completely from your life? So that might be, you know. It's a work relationship that I can't completely disconnect from. Um, you know, I have a few clients that still live at home with their parents, and so, like, right now they can't completely disconnect from their parents because it's hard when you live, when your room is next door to their room kind of thing. So, I mean, it could be a, a multitude of reasons with those examples. Um, I think it's kind of a matter of asking yourself the question of, um, is this the kind of relationship where I'm, I'm giving, if, if it's one-sided, am I giving way more than I'm getting? Um, and even with that, um, I think it also depends on the nature of the relationship because obviously if you're a parent, your child is probably not giving you as much as, you know, it's not a reciprocated relationship. So, uh, but just kind of determining whether or not am I over for this person as it's toxic for me? Is it a situation where I'm constantly giving me? So an example might be, um, you know, I have a friend and every, you have a friend and every time you and this friend get together, it seems like, you know, you're, you're constantly spending all the money or the relationships are always about them and they never talk about you, they never check on you. Um, it's just very much kind of like you're there to meet all their needs, and that's it. And if there's ever a time where you need to have that reciprocated and they're, and they're not willing to, that might not be a healthy relationship to be a part of. Um, I have someone that I'm working with now that um, essentially got into a marriage that um, they're recognizing that they kind of forced this person to marry them, per se, and so now they're dealing with the consequences of when you – kind of force someone into a relationship that they're not wanting to be a part of. And so they're trying to deal with how do I 
how do I manage a relationship that this person really didn't want to be a part of? So, you know, what do you do in that situation? Are there boundaries that you put in place? Is it a matter of you saying, hey, maybe we shouldn't even be together because we didn't have the right foundation? So I think that's another point is, depending on the nature of the relationship, what was the foundation that you built? If you built this foundation on a lot of foolishness, you know, the expectation is it might, you know, you've built it on foolishness, so it's probably going to be the same throughout the relationship. So I think a lot of, you know, deep searching and figuring out what is this relationship, like do an audit of that relationship and how it benefits you, you know, how it doesn't benefit you. And can you have a conversation with the person? Is the person willing to compromise and things like that? Because I think I think it's one thing when you say, you know, right now we're in the phase, you're not, I'm giving it, you're just taking, taking, taking. But maybe the other person didn't realize it. Maybe the person's got so much going on in their life that they didn't even recognize that's what they're doing. And so you just need to have a conversation versus saying, well, I'm going to end the relationship. Like, Right now, I think it's fair to say that you and I both have a lot going on. So we may not be, it may not be equal give and take right now, which that's fine. But that's one of the dynamics of our relationship is sometimes one of us is giving more than the other. And it is where it is. Like you said, we pick up where the other one falls off. And we're not going to just throw a relationship away just because, you know, you might say, Renata, right now, you're, I'm just doing all the, the giving and you're doing all the taking. I don't think you at least have a conversation with me first. Yes, I definitely would talk to you. I mean, uh, but, you know, that's a, that's a, the good thing about having a solid foundation in a friendship is that, you know, your friends know when you need extra time and next, need extra help when you're struggling. And you don't even have to say it sometimes. Sometimes you can just, you know, be in somebody's presence and just tell the energies off, and that's the good thing. You know, you can pick up where that person was off, or you can tell when there's something like a small thing, like just a text to say, hey, how are you doing? You know, or just, I'm just checking on you, you know, see what's up, you know, how life, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, and that's a good thing about, um, I could say with anybody who I actually call my friends, they actually do step up, pick up, they recognize, they realize when something's off about me, when something's off about um, the family, when something's off in general. So I definitely can say I am blessed in that aspect that I have um, some cool people in my cool corner. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Ooh. Sorry, getting choked up. Oh, yeah. Okay. I didn't mean to move you to tears. It's okay. Don't you move me to tears. I got tears flowing and chokes growing. This is... <laughs> you know, but... I, def- I mean, I definitely do. I I have learned over the years the definition of friend is actually something. My auntie, um... Today is her, would have been her blah, blah, blah birthday. <laughs> but... She gone on the glory. One of her favorite sayings is always, you don't have a lot of friends. You have a lot of acquaintances. And the key is to know the difference between them. Because there's all kinds of people who call you their friends, and they would take the first opportunity to stab you in the back. That was not a friend. That was an acquaintance. 
acquaintances are usually around for a period of time and they're not long life life left. But friends, friends are people you can actually depend on who are there for long periods of time who actually um, almost complete you in a way. And she said, I only have, she said she only had three people she called friends in her life. And hmm. two of those people at the time had passed away, and there was one left at that time. And she said that those people were people that she could trust with her man, her money, her mama. <laughs> she said that's what made them her friends. And they, and she had acquaintances who people who were literally would leave her on the side of the road to get high. Those are not her friends. You know, so she basically, we had a whole conversation about that one day because I couldn't, because even when, you know, I couldn't understand, even when I was younger because I had people who had been in my life for a long period of time, I couldn't understand why people who had been in my life for so long could still treat me like crap. And that's when she had this whole conversation with me because I had learned the hard way calling people my friends and calling people, you know, my sis was something that you don't take lightly. You don't take that for granted. You don't you don't put people in that category when they don't deserve it. You know, so um, that was definitely something, a life lesson that she taught me that I don't call everybody my friend. I, you know, I, I might say you're my buddy, homie, but to actually call somebody my friend is, is, is one level. And then to call you my sister is a totally different level. And it takes a minute to earn that for me. Because I used to just throw that word around like, you know, oh, yeah, it's my friend. No, 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 no. Because I got stabbed, beat down, stepped on by some people who I call my friends. And um, I learned my lesson. And I thank her for sharing that with me because I didn't ever think about it like that. You know, people who you could actually trust around your man, your money, and your mama. <laughs> you know what I mean? These are people you got to, you know, these are people you can hold dear. Those are people, because I, I, she's one of the reasons why I didn't invite a lot of people to my my space, because she was like, your house should be your sanctuary. She, even though she, when she got to a certain stage in her life, or she got to where addictions kind of took over, before that, nobody went to her house. You know, she always went places to do things. But unfortunately, when she got deeper into certain activities, her house became yeah. a hangout spot. But before that, she said, my house is my sanctuary. She said, you are always welcome in my house. I spent the night in my auntie's house so much, you know, because that was my space. You know, that was it was either my auntie's house or my grandmama's house. Them were two places you could always find me. And it was like, you know, she didn't allow no foolishness at her house. She didn't allow no craziness. She didn't allow no drugs, nothing like that. Especially when I was younger. And I spent the night at her house, baby, please. You come over there with some dumb stuff, she barely allowed you to smoke on the porch when I was there. But, you know, it was like that was her sanctuary. And she treated her house like her sanctuary. And I learned that from her because she was like, you, 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 your, your house should be the one place you go to. Your friends should be the people you can actually count on. You know what I mean? Your acquaintances don't necessarily need to know where you live. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because acquaintances aren't for a long period of time. You know, you keep your acquaintances, you know, at, at, at a distance. So, um, 
Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I mean, I know your philosophy on that may be slightly different, but I don't call, I mean, do you call a lot of people your friends? Because I feel like that's something that's, that's a title you got to earn, in my opinion. You got to earn that friend title. You can be my acquaintance all day long. You can be my homeboy, my homegirl, but as far as being a friend, mm-hmm, that's something you got to earn, earn. You got to earn, earn for real <laughs> Um, what is my definition? Well, I would say, similar to you, when I was younger, um, I I think I was more loose with the word. Um, like, my mom tells a story about when I was a kid, I always wanted to hug on people. Um, like, I guess I've always been, like, a very affectionate person. And so um, I think the older that I've gotten, I've kind of had to come to terms with um, – Everybody is not for you, um, which I knew that, but I think um, just, you know, you, you live a little bit, things happen, and it shifts. And even with people who've done things that um, could easily fall under, like, that was kind of betrayal, whatever, whatever, um, I would still say I have some friends that I feel like have hurt me to that, to that point, but that was just a small part of our friendship. Um, So right now, I would say I'm blessed that I do have several close friends. Um, And when I say several, you know, like more than four um, close friends. Um, And people that I know that have my back. So kind of like you said, if you're my friend, you're someone that's close to me, you know, you know, more intimate details about me. I mean, in general, I'm pretty much an open book with sub pages, but obviously the closer you are to me, the more you know about me. Um, I think you're someone that um, our values line up um, because if you're that close to me in my circle, we got to be going towards the same direction. And not to say that I, I don't have friends that, you know, everything aligns up perfectly because that's not the case. I do have friends that we, we do have different goals in life, but our fundamental core values are all the same because um, I think that's important um, if you're that close to me that I'm calling you a friend. Um, and I think, you know, there are different layers. Um, so, you know, there's that very intimate circle, then it goes out a little it goes out a little bit, it goes out a little bit. So kind of like there will be people who I would invite to my wedding that may not be my closest friends, but everybody that I would invite to my wedding wouldn't necessarily be coming to my house. Not to say that I'm getting married or anything like that. But, like, I'm just thinking, like, oh, yeah. there are people who you would invite. <laughs> it's funny. There are people that you would invite to an event that you may not necessarily invite to, you know, your birthday party, you know, a birthday mm-hmm. dinner or to a family function and things like that. Like, my friends know where my grandmother and my mother live. <laughs> my super close yeah. friends. The exception of two, but that was because of logistical reasons. Know where my father lives. Like y'all, y'all know, y'all don't just know me. You know my family members. So kind of like, like I think part of the reason why, like I said, with our shared, the thing that we have a shared grief about right now, I think that's part of the reason why it's hitting me so hard, is because of who it is and how close they are to me. Because um, they're kind of they're kind of like a sister. They. It's my last a very long time. Clearly, I have friends for a very long time. <laughs> I think my newest friend 
Uh, who is my newest friend? I don't know. I didn't think about that. Well, I, I mean, if you want to think about it over break, you can because we got to take a quick commercial break and, uh, you know, dive back into the last segment of the show. But, yeah, I mean, think about that on your break. <laughs> Who your friends is? <laughs> so we'll be right back for the um, to wrap up our talk about friends. How many of us have to? Okay, but anyway, we'll be right back. It's going down every Monday night from 7.15 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on JQLM Radio on the Business Banger Spotlight Show with your host, Lady J. Tune in to hear from men and women all over the world banging in business. See what products and services appeal to you while receiving exclusive offers and discounts. And get your business banger tips for all of you entrepreneurs out there. Tune in by downloading the JQLM Radio app on your Android or Apple devices. Or get JQLM Radio through the TuneIn Radio app or the Stream of Simple Radio app. You can also listen live from our website at www.egoentertainmentnet.com or straight from our Facebook page. Just click on the Use App button. If you miss an episode, download and subscribe on any of your major podcast platforms like iHeartRadio, Spotify, Deezer, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, and more. Business bankers, stay ready. Are there areas in your life that need healing? Consider Empower Living Inc. We are a therapeutic practice that meets the clients where they are. Call us at 317-969-5694 or visit us at www.empoweredlivinginc.net to see a list of the services we offer. Empowered Living Inc., a holistic approach to a better you. like my intimate group, my newest friend was my intimate group. It's still like probably like 19 years or something like that. Yeah. The people that I hang out with the most are people I, I went to school with, either high school or college or graduate school. So I guess if you count those people will probably be like probably be someone that's probably been like 13, 14 years. And when I say new, I don't mean like these are people that are in my intimate circle. 
or, or like one of my intimate circles. So those friends would be, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll say 10 for good measure, just in case I'm leaving somebody out. What about you? Ooh. Um, I would probably say the newest people I would call friend and I don't know, let's see, uh, probably, let's see, I, I'm trying to think of who's the new, because, yeah, I don't know, I, I would say, I don't know, and see, so I never remember when I meet anybody, which is the craziest thing, um, and usually how I have to go based off of when you were in my life and then start from that point, because I cannot tell you when I met have the people who are my friends, like, especially in high school. I know we met in high school. I pretty much know the years, but I kind of associate it with what year I was in high school. Like, was it my sophomore year versus my, you know, whatever other year? But I really don't know. I'm bad with dates. And, yeah, I'm really bad with dates and timelines. So that's not a good question for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It is, it's okay. So I guess then my other question to you would be in regards to relationships. Uh-oh. Did I lose you again? No, no. Oh, can, you, can you hear me? My, okay. Um, stay right there. Let me sit right here. And my question Uh-oh. Lose me again. Uh-oh. Technical difficulties. Can you hear me okay? I hear you right there. Now keep your head okay. right there. <laughs> okay. I said, what, how do you set those boundaries with individuals that are close to you? Whether they're, it's romantic, platonic, whatever. Um, here lately I have, um, I don't know if I have boundaries per se, but I do, um, I do guard my emotional health a lot more than I used to. So I guess it would be a boundary. Um, what I do now is if I'm not in a good headspace, I definitely don't send crazy text messages like I used to, um, like, you know send text messages to people you're not supposed to. I don't do that anymore. Um, but once I say that I'm done with a certain aspect of a relationship, I stick with it because there are times where I did not stick with that and then I end up being hurt over and over and over again. And um, to me, that was not something that, um, I want to go down that road again. I don't want to go back down the road of being hurt all the time when dealing with certain people. So I definitely, the boundary I know I've set here lately is to basically, if I say I'm done, I stick with it. Or if I say you've been demoted from acquaintance down to fuck, <laughs> then I stick with it because I have to make sure that I'm good, my mental health is good, that I am doing what I'm supposed to do, and I'm not um, 
putting myself back out there to be hurt all over again. Because that's something I used to do all the time. Like, and my one of my ex-boyfriends is like, we broke up, got back together, broke up, got back together. We did it so much. I couldn't tell when we was together and when we broke up half the time. Because we broke up, got back together so much. But once I finally said I was done, done, it didn't matter what he said, no matter how many times he said we should get back together, I was like, you know what? Nope, I'm good. And I stuck with it. Now, so many years later, still sticking with it. Now, I'm still Gucci. Or whatever the word is y'all kids use nowadays. Um, y'all young people. I sound so old. But, yeah. So, I mean, yes, basically do. setting that down. <laughs> I am. I guess I'm a grandmother. I need to get my walk around. Um, but just, you know, sticking with my guns and saying, hey, this is for my mental health. I'm going to guard my mental health. I'm going to keep myself steady. I'm going to stay, stick with it. Because if I don't stick with it, I end up being hurt more and more and more unnecessarily. And it's not even something I should do. You know, I, that shouldn't, I shouldn't keep going back and forth um, and, and, and hurting myself and reopening. Like pulling that scab off every time the scab heals, just keep pulling it off. For what? You know? There's so many more people in the world who will, will love my company, who will cherish me, including my loving daughter. She would cherish her mother and be like, oh, Mom, I love you so much, and I can't ever replace you, you know. So why would I stick with people who think that I'm replaceable? Okay. Okay, that makes sense. So what about you, girl? Never about me and my uh, no. What about me? I would say um, I'm getting better at it. I think, like I've said oftentimes, I am a recovering people pleaser. And so there are a few people in my life that I tend to want to please more than others. Um, so obviously I had the most difficult time setting firm boundaries with them. Um, especially if they are not good at calling me out on that. Because, um, again, if you're close enough to me, you know that about me. Um, and I, I feel like several people, family and friends, are good at kind of calling me out on that. And then I think there are some that are, um, that are just not good at it at all. And so then I kind of have to check me um, in those moments of, okay, you're, you're doing that people-pleasing thing again. You need to shift this. Um, you need to say no or whatever it is that I need to do to accommodate that. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. So I, I would say that's the boundary that I have to work on the most is just when I go into people-pleasing mode, um, how that impacts me or what have you. Yeah, I mean, you know what? I think I was a borderline people-pleaser. Um, I think when it comes to certain people in my life, I still am. So it's definitely a working process. So, um <clears throat> I'm glad. You know, and I think that's probably why we work so well together because we're both leaning on each other about that people-pleasing because boy to the boy. It gets to that point where you're like, mm, I had to stop pleasing, help please the people when people aren't even trying to please me, you know. Or I'm always helping. And, I, and then that's something I had to stop doing too because I feel like if somebody felt out my, found out my spiritual gift is help, they would abuse the mess out of the ass helpful gene in me and be like, 
Oh, so she's going to help me. So let me just call. And, you know, and always lean on her and always have her do this. So I'm, I'm definitely with you on the reformed people or I'm trying to get reformed as a people pleaser. <laughs> well, but even when you're talking about gifts and things like that, um, I know we've, in church, we've talked about kind of when your gifts and con is a thing that's a challenge for you. Um, and just kind of even with that, just being very mindful of that. Because I thought that that was my gift. That's not my gift. My gift. <laughs> um, but even with my gift, I still have to be mindful of that. Did you say you're sorry? Well, I just said girl, but you know what? I wish, uh, I, I, wish I hadn't gotten that. Do you know? Is that is it a bad gift to have, or is it just a gift that you just have to better manage? Wait, say that again. I said, is it is it that it's a bad gift to have, or is it a gift that you just have to better manage? I definitely have to manage it better because I have not. Um, I, I I don't I don't think that it was a gift that I don't. I think God makes mistakes, so if he gave it to me, gave me that off to want to help people, then there's got to be a reason for it, you know. Um, I think that's more the reason why, you know, being your business partner in Empowered Living, that helpfulness, because that's what we do when we help people. I think that's why it's been more nurturing for me um, to do, because, like, I just enjoy doing power limit stuff. If I could do the power limit stuff every day, all day, I would gladly do it because I feel like we help so many people and we help so many different, well, we help organizations and people all at the same time. And being able to do so, you know, gives me joy. But then, you know, even helping at church gives me joy. But, you know, and helping people in jobs I've had gives me joy. So, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's definitely something I have learned over the years to manage more because I think my family feels like, because I think they found out somehow, and they're like, oh, you could help me do this. And maybe it's just, or maybe that's not even really my spiritual gift. Maybe it's something that's been dumped in my lap that I've never said no to. But, you know, maybe I need to reassess my spiritual gift and pray a little harder. And Lord, is this really what you told me to be? Because he may not have said that. It might have just been what fell into my lap, and it's just something I naturally do. But, you know, man, I need to have a little talk with Jesus. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. <laughs> I, I can understand that. I can understand that. So then I guess one of my last questions would be for today. When it comes to familial friendships, romantic relationships, do you feel like you treat them the same across the board? I mean, obviously, there are going to be components that are different because you're not going to treat me. In general, you're not going to treat your friends the way you would treat your parents. And I would assume you would treat your, your parents different than how you treat your romantic partner. So outside of the, you know, the, the main things that you would treat differently, but, like, do you feel like you do a good job at, like, kind of keeping those relationships balanced? Um, for the most part, I think I do. I know, um, 
I've, I've not had the opportunity in a while to balance a romantic relationship with the massive amount of things that are going on in my family dynamic. Um, so I, I was hoping I would do um, do good. I want the opportunity to. I want the opportunity to do good, you know, with that and to, to embrace it more. Um, but right now I feel like I'm doing it as good as I can without having that extra distraction of, of, a, of a romantic relationship. Now, don't get me wrong, Mama would like to have a romantic relationship. Um, and, um, and, 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 and I would love to balance all that together, but right now that has, opportunity is not presented itself, so... I'm not able to uh, to do that at the moment, but I think I do pretty good balancing it all. Could I do better? Heck yes, because I do neglect some areas of my life to uh, water others, but that's definitely something that I'm trying to improve on. Okay. Okay. That's fair. I guess it's my turn to answer the question, huh? <laughs> I would say historically, no, I don't do a good job at it, but I felt like I'm getting better at it. Um, I think um, in my marriage, that's when I was probably the most, my balance was off the most, um, but I think a big part of that was kind of me trying to be this very devoted wife. I think it threw everything else off. And not to say you shouldn't be a devoted wife. I'm not saying that at all. But I think I didn't do a good job of balancing things in a way that it should have been balanced. Um, like I think there's a way to be a very devoted wife and be in there for your, for your significant other, but then also maintaining your relationships in a way that your friends don't feel like, you got married, and what happened? We never see you. And that wasn't the case. Like, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like my friends never saw me. Like, I think him and I did a really good job at still having friendships, but I think there were times where, um, I don't know how to say this without it coming across wrong and me having to backpedal, or not necessarily backpedal, but me having to explain it. But I think that it could have been balanced better. So I'll just say it that way. Because I don't want people to think, I don't want people to misinterpret what I'm saying and thinking that I'm saying, well, we're not to say you don't have to do that in the marriage. That's not what I'm saying. But I think for my situation, without giving all details, I think there were areas that could have been balanced better. And I think in the my last relationship, I think I did a better job of balancing things. Um, at least that's what I think. Now, none of you have said, oh, you did a horrible job with that. <laughs> from my own perspective, I feel like I did a better job the second time. I can say I did see you more in this past relationship than I did when you were married, but that could have been just because, like I said, when you were married, I was uh, somebody's mama, and that kind of took up a lot of my time. So you somebody's mama now? I bet I'm going to always be your mama. Don't chime in at the end of the show. Then nobody asked you for your two-step. I asked you for your two-step earlier. You said you weren't going to talk, they ain't going to talk. Yeah, I had something to say about that. Listen, Linda. Boy, let me tell you something. It's children in the name of all this holy. Mm. But anyway, so as we wrap up the show, last 30 seconds, um, or last minute, what, what, any tidbits you have 
for people struggling to maintain relationships and, you know, struggling with that aspect of life, especially during this COVID season when we can't hardly see each other, hang with each other, et cetera, et cetera? Um, I guess what I would say is um, kind of with COVID and everything, I think it's been a catch for too. I think there are some relationships that you're spending way more time in with those individuals than you did prior to COVID. And I think there are other relationships that it, it looks different. Um, so just kind of, you know, take an inventory, evaluate those relationships, making sure you have in those open lines of communication with those individuals, um, letting people know this is kind of how I'm feeling, um, using I statements, things like that. Um, and just kind of, at the end of the day, relationships are, are very important. And you don't want it to be when someone's on their deathbed or you recognize that I need, to, I need to do better at connecting with others. Because when it's all said and done, what's in your bank account is not going to matter when you're dying. Um, all your accolades are not going to matter when you're dying. It is relationships that are going to matter. And so just make sure that you foster those relationships to the best of your ability. Well, you said that. Well, on that note, there ain't nothing left for me to say. I say ditto. Um, <laughs> I agree, concur, 100%. When Empire Living Improved, stamped and certified. So on that note, everybody, make sure you are fostering your relationships and not, you know, going after, I mean, go after that money, but still remember relationships are the things that last. Memories that you make with people are the things that last. So on that note, we'll be back next week. Y'all stay blessed. Y'all stay safe. Keep the mask on your face. And uh, if you feel sick, don't go around nobody because I ain't trying to get no corona, no coronavirus. So, all right. I'll let you later. All right. Bye. Have a great week. Bed. Good luck and food.